Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I'm so thankful that you're here today and you're gonna be excited because I have one of my listeners' favorites, Brian Burns the marriage and family therapist who has walked us through a lot of things on this podcast. And I kind of threw something at him and he's so kind. Brian's always like, I will talk about anything. So I threw at him that I really wanted to talk about loneliness. And Brian, the reason I want to talk a little bit deeper about loneliness is I've been doing a little bit of research because I'm going to do a workshop for women going through divorce. And I have like seven dilemmas. Um, And I've done a lot of work on the financial and the co-parenting. There's a whole list of them, but loneliness is one of them. And so I'm using you as my research a little bit and we're going to learn and I'm going to take notes because you always make me a better mediator. So (laughs) Brian, thank you for being here. And Brian, just to let people know, you've got an amazing podcast, throw in a little bit of information about that right away so people can listen. Oh, sure. Uh, The Bad Weather Podcast. So we on the Bad Weather Podcast are talking to uh, men and women, but it's geared towards men going through divorce Mm -hmm. and uh, all the ins and outs of of uh, shock and and trauma of the beginning of it to the rebuilding uh, after Uh, we've been going for about a year now and having a ton of fun. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. Take a listen. In fact, I'm going to listen. I did listen. I did listen to one but I need to listen to more. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And and, um, we did an episode, gosh, it's probably published a month ago on sex. And uh, it it was just really organic and fun to talk about sex and the dynamics of adults, you know, trying to, to rebuild themselves after a Mm long-term monogamous relationship. And sex is such a big part of that. And men, men and women have a lot of hangups. And so, and but men aren't good at talking about it. So mm-hmm. that was fun to be able to just dive right. I don't know that, that all women are good about talking about it. I don't know if I'm good about talking about I, it. I I, you know? I think women are better than men at talking about it. But you're, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. like we 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 all can get weird when it comes to, <laughs> yes. to talking about sex. I actually just got this. a little uncomfortable in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to do that to you. Well, I'm I'm testing you on the on. Or you need to test me on on can can we talk about anything? Yes, like we can. We'll see. Absolutely. I will. You know, we should probably table that to another one, and probably okay. I should delve into that. Let, really, let's do that. Let's schedule that when we're done with this one. But for to, so that's coming, listeners. Yeah. But for well, today, loneliness, loneliness. You know, like if we're talking yeah. about loneliness, I think that we should talk about sex too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and so when I was kind of thinking, you know, I was thinking about this loneliness thing and you know how I have like my little feelings wheel that I look at and I looked at loneliness and then it had these little 
things mm-hmm. where you could go to feeling abandoned or feeling isolated. And I thought, oh, those are kind of two different. I mean, that is mm-hmm. a little bit different when you think about feeling. So some of my listeners probably are feeling abandoned. Yeah. And some are probably feeling isolated. And I don't know if it really makes a hill of beans of difference, which one you're feeling, but it kind of always helps me to be able to really clearly name it because they are a little bit different. So I was thinking about it a little bit more, thinking about my listeners and thinking, I bet that some like women who go through divorce or maybe like they hold off divorcing because they're afraid of being lonely. Like even like think of all the women right now who they have an empty house, the kids are gone. They're there with, um, you know, just their spouse and Uh they're, you know, maybe a little bit terrified of being completely all alone. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's a realistic fear. Right. And then I thought, then there's probably on the flip side of that, some women where they're just so um, focused on, I got to get out of this. This is so horrible. And then all of a sudden they get out and they go and they're sitting at home and their kids are with their ex and they're like, oh. I'm so isolated. I have not, you know, what am I going to do? So I thought there's a lot of loneliness wrapped up in this. Well, I think people find themselves, you know, desperately lonely, even when there's someone, you know, sitting in the room with them, which is the, yeah, the, like loneliness is a state of mind as much as a, a physical condition. Um, And, and I think everyone can resonate that resonates with everyone. You can, you know, like your parent or your sibling or your spouse can be right next to you and you can be deeply lonely and, and disconnected from that person. Yeah. That I didn't even think of. And isn't mm-hmm. that so true? Yeah. And there, there probably are some listeners who are feeling that way Yeah, and feeling like, yeah, go ahead. Well, the, um, I mean, I don't, I didn't do my research to prepare for this, but I, I kind of, I'm aware just anecdotally that loneliness is uh, considered by government agencies like the CDC or, or national institutes of health as one of the biggest chronic health problems uh, in our, in our society is the condition of loneliness and how bad that is on both a personal level, you know, just your own personal functioning as well as a societal level that the breakdown of our society has to do with, the chronic loneliness that many people are living in. So I, it is a big deal. It is a really big deal, not just for you individually, it's sounding like, but for yeah. the good of the whole world. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. So, I mean, what can people do if they're in one of mm-hmm. those predicaments and they're yeah. and they're feeling lonely? Yeah, and and we're th- and we're talking just a few days recording just a few days before before the Christmas holiday, which, you mm-hmm. know, like is a, a more intense experience of loneliness around, yeah. around times like this. Uh, well, you know, what do you do about it? Like the easy answer is, is, um, you know, talk to people and it, and that is, well, I think it's, it, it's big and it's small because, if you're lonely in in a marriage or in relationship, then th- then there's a communication problem. But we're I'm, I think we're focusing probably on if you're if you're 
isolated. You know, if you find yourself, like you said, alone, your kids are with their other parent and, and you're, you're disconnected. A lot of people are, there's barriers like being introverted, socially uncomfortable, uh, working from home. So you're not interacting with people. And so I would say to you, to those people, um, I mean, if if joining a, a group, a pickleball league, a book mm-hmm. club is just too much, and sometimes that is just too much, then start by uh, interacting with people in 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 public. Not, but you know, you're not going to be making friends. There's no pressure there to you know find the soul, the soulmate. It's just practicing being in connection with a person for a moment. So the checkout person at the store or you know uh, somebody at a gas station who's waiting in line and all mm-hmm. you have to do is just say you know hi um hope you, you know eggs are great for breakfast if they're holding eggs yeah. you know like some interaction which isn't easy but there's less pressure you know because people know how to handle those situations typically in public but you walk away from it feeling less lonely I mean, it's so, yeah, it's so interesting that you're saying that because I am introverted and I can tend to um, order all my groceries and not really connect with people, you know, get them sent to my home. Yeah. And then when I have to run and I go out, I do. Talk, I do love people like yeah. I do love them. And I talk and my kids Good. are sometimes turn red, you know, because I'm always mm-hmm. making a conversation. But I walk out and I go, oh, I feel so much better. You do feel better. And yeah. the person feels better when it happens to you. It sometimes makes a big impact in somebody's life to get noticed, you know, to be treated yeah. as a person. And and I think the thing that's tough, I mean, just like working out or eating good food, getting yourself, we have so many options to not connect, getting yourself to go out and actually yeah. it is an effort. Yeah. Yeah. And well worth it. I don't know how, I guess you just practice it. I mean, how do you get better at that? You just practice it. You just make a goal that I'm going to, you know, say, say uh, a few words to one person, you know, when I'm running errands today. Right. And, and maybe that turns into three people, maybe not, but to have that intention and practice it, it's, it, it's, I mean, if if there's listeners that that just feels really hard, I empathize with you. Like I, I get the barriers mentally that are there. Mm-hmm. But when when if you just open your mouth, it turns out it's not it's not that hard. And you know we're conditioned to you know speak with people, uh, interact with people in the wild from from a very young age. So our bodies know how to do that if we just. Right. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe not for everyone, but it it does seem to for me. And And Ryan, oh, sorry. But I think we talked about something kind of similar before. And I remember how we talked about if we take the focus off of ourselves. So like, what about the next time I go to the grocery store, I think about looking for somebody who maybe looks sad and then reaching out like kind of a gesture of kindness that makes it, it takes off the nervousness. It takes the focus off me and it gets me thinking about that other person. What do yeah, you think about yeah. that? I, I, I love that. I, and, and for the exact reason that you said it, it, it gets the focus outward. Yeah. Uh, and, and is, and you're already making connections <clears throat> with, with another person uh, inside of your, 
yourself, even though that person may not yet know about it. Uh, I like that a lot. The the uh. other way to practice, and I'll I'll self disclose a little bit um, here. Uh, I think one of the great things that, about alcohol there's there's some really not great things about alcohol but one of the great things uh, for me and i think a lot of people is that lowers my inhibitions a little bit and i feel you know kind of i, I feel outward focused when i've had a glass mm -hmm. of wine uh after dinner and so i have a habit of having a drink after dinner i'm sitting in the easy chair i might have a book or i might have my laptop but i just get that warm feeling and I automatically go to my phone and I start texting people. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, like, I don't think those are qualify as drunk texts because I'm not drunk. But I'm just <laughs> I'm just feeling, you know, kind of great. Great. Uh, what's the word? Appreciative, like and more warm towards people mm -hmm. that I care about. So I find myself reaching out uh, via text and just saying, hey, thinking about you. Hope you have a great uh, weekend or something like that. And people like to get those texts. And I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think um, we do that enough. So I'm not advocating that people start drinking every night. Uh, but I'm just saying that that's one thing that I do that helps me uh, combat loneliness and be connected. Right. Right. And I'm just, I'm going to add this in because this is interesting because I don't have wine that much because I'm menopausal and it yeah. does not work well with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I'm not, I'm well. not going to sleep and I want to sleep and I want to be a, but sure. there are moments when I miss that, you know, I would miss that warm feeling or sitting down with my yeah. husband. But what I realized is now it's just become more of a choice. Like if I'm at a winery and I want to have a glass of wine and I know I'm not going to sleep that night, I will. And I've mm -hmm. talked about this on that on the podcast, but yeah. if I'm not going to have a glass of wine, I might make a warm cup of tea or yeah. a sparkling water Good. that I put in a fancy glass Good. and I just go sit down and relax and have the fire on. And Similar. I think it's kind of the same. So do you get your mind. And it's and also, interesting. Oh, go ahead. And, th and then you're not an alcoholic like me. So that's, <laughs> that works well. <laughs> I don't think you're an alcoholic, Brian. Yeah, that's but what I'm I tell just myself. Saying, no, I'm just saying like for some people who want to be able to get there, it's kind of yeah. more of a mindset. And it's interesting because I kind of wanted to talk to you about this. So I'm a life coach um, just because I think it helps me be a better mediator and it's changed my life. I'm not like jumping on and doing a bunch of life coaching or anything. But one thing that's always been a little bit hard for me. But what's really cool about it is it helps you change your mindset. So a good life coach would go, okay, Brian, you can have that mindset no, regardless of the circumstances. That's what they'll tell you. And there's a whole way you can get through it. But one thing that sometimes um, I think can be hard with a, a coach as opposed to a therapist, because I have a lot of coaches on, on the podcast and I've been okay. coached a lot. Um, I uh, in my life, I have seen how sitting with my feelings is healing and a learning process. And I think sometimes coaches go, whap, forget about that. Get that out of your head right away and switch and think to this, which maybe isn't always healing it. And I do believe that 
when it's in the dark, you're not, it's not going to yeah. get better, but when yeah. you bring light to it. So what are you, so like, I was thinking about that. Like, I think a coach yeah. might say, okay, do you want to feel lonely? Is it, you know, and they would try to mm-hmm. get you to coax your mind a different way. Mm-hmm. And the way I look at it is, okay, why are you feeling lonely? Let's sit with mm-hmm. that, you mm-hmm. know, and really look at it. And then you can see if there's truth in it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, as a concept, I mean, I totally agree that uh, feelings are feelings and there's good reasons that they happen and to try to block them out or, or push them out uh, without <laughs> just accepting them. I mean, that's the whole concept of mindfulness is being aware of your feelings. Uh, but feelings aren't smart either. So right. they're, they're important to understand and feel and accept and even love because, you know, it's good to love all parts of us, even the hard parts. But then what do you do about it? You know, like the feelings aren't in charge. So then you got to use your thinking. And that's what, you know, that that other side, the coaching would say. So but what do you want to think and how do you want to feel? Because you do have um, power over that. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in that. Both Mm -hmm. have changed my life. But I feel like it's so individual per person, like how long you need to sit in a feeling. And I yeah. For some reason, I feel like being aware of it. So kind of mm-hmm. what has worked for me, I haven't had a therapist, so you help us now. <laughs> if I'm feeling big feelings like loneliness uh-huh. and I sit down and I sit with it and I start writing about it. Yeah. Oh, that sometimes just that heals mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. But do you have any other little um, tools uh, I like I like your I like your tip of of writing and just understanding what where's this feeling coming from. Um, I like my idea of reaching out to people yep. <laughs> and uh, making the world a better place. Um, so those are those are okay. That's two things that we yeah. have. I can start a little bit of a list mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So reaching out, writing your feelings. Well, and then I think. When after okay, so after I take the time, I think there's something about when you write your feelings, you're giving it a voice and you're bringing light to it. Yeah. And then you can really, and then you can start doing that coaching maybe where you look at it and you go, well, is that really true? Or is that serving me? Or is that really how I want to feel? And then you can start looking at your thoughts. Do you think? That's, that would be a true statement, something we could come up with as a third step? Sure, 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 yeah. Uh, people can feel uh, loneliness um, for, I mean, I think it's always for good reasons. It's never because you're, you know, bad or failing or, or not smart enough or something. And it might be a feeling that just is in your body because, coming from childhood, which is a good reason, and, or it might be because of your present condition of not of being isolated or it might be because you're in a, a, a unhealthy relationship where you have un, been un, unable to be honest and and open and uh, so understanding that then gives you the power to just do nothing about it because it just it's okay or to start to make steps to change that condition i love that okay and so now I see time goes so fast when I'm talking to you, but one thing that we didn't really talk about, and I'm thinking we might have a little bit of time is that person that's lonely in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so 
in my, you know, humble opinion as a friend or whatever, I think I would say um, to first do the work on yourself, right? So maybe get a therapist, um, see if there's any way that you can connect better, um, even, you know, reaching out in a non-confrontational way. Because sometimes when I'm doing a mediation, um, people don't understand that it's the way that they ask for something. And it's hard when you get all kinds yeah. of emotions tied up. So if I can just yeah. help them say it in a gentler, kinder way, like, don't forget, you think he's mm-hmm. a great parent. So maybe you could lead with that. I think mm-hmm. you're a great dad. But here's the thing. What about this? Or I'm not communicating or whatever it is. So then reaching out to the other person. And that's where the the weird dance is, is that you have no control over that person. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you can't like reaching out is not a good idea. Like it's at some level, not helpful to be honest with someone who's not able to receive the truth or to, is not open to communication uh, knowingly or unknowingly. And that's hard to know, you know, you can't mind read and know for sure. But I think those of us that, you know, we do a lot of thinking about uh, how to say things. Um, mm-hmm. But but to, like you said, do the work to figure out how to be more honest, how to be more open, how to communicate the things that are true uh, in a way that is not attacking you know in a way that can be received is what you're talking about and i yeah that's that's what i do for a living is to teach people how to do that i love that or like so that they can tell the other person Mm -hmm. what they need Mm -hmm. this is what i need yeah so so well if i were in this position and let's say it's you know like it's not a toxic relationship their communication is possible i would say i would i would coach someone to start with Hey, can, can, can we talk? Um, I, I, I feel like I need to do a better job of sharing. Um, and are you up for that? Will you, you know, can you be part of that with me? And hopefully the response is going to be yes. Um, although there might, it might be weird because that might sound strange or that might be out of practice for like that kind of just vulnerable, courageous honesty. And then to to focus on just your feelings rather than telling the other person about them. It was just a losing strategy to try to convince someone, you know, about them or tell them about them. It's telling them about you. It's yourself that you're sharing. So it would sound like I have I have been feeling lonely and I'm not saying it's because you're bad or a bad husband. It's it's the feeling that I'm having and I'm trying to figure it out. And we probably both contribute to that but i don't like it and i think i think i can do better and are you willing to talk more about that and then you if the answer is yes well let me tell you about what lonely is like like we're sitting in the same room we you know sleep next to each other but it's like there's a thousand miles between us and i really want to try to figure that out like those are the opening lines of a safe or hopefully safe conversation where you're just talking about yourself and not putting on someone else. I love that. I love that. And when, as you're, you know, talking through this, I think I can't imagine Brian, anyone 
shutting someone down when they come to them with that, but I'm sure it happens. <laughs> oh yeah. I can imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, can you? <laughs> well, yeah, because, because the other person may have, you know, often does mean well, has good intentions, but they correctly read that there's going to be some honest, you know, sharing coming their way and they're going to be expected to contribute, you know, like they then need to show up in some way. And that creates anxiety internally. You know, that's like just going to be the automatic response. But anxiety is a feeling that yeah. is there for a good reason. So you have to be able to feel it, but not let it be in charge of you by by closing you down, you know, and making you run away from that kind of communication. You know, and Brian, I think as you're talking, that's why I feel like um, when people are struggling in a marriage or even in a co-parenting relationship, I feel like if each individual can get some help mm -hmm. so that they can mm -hmm. be the person leading, the thing that's going to be tricky is if you have all those tools, but the spouse doesn't know how to deal with the anxiety. Yeah. Now, if they're willing to to try that's a different story but that's where you can see where things blow up yeah because oh, absolutely yeah people just fumbling in the dark you know yeah trying their best i want to make a little bit of a plug um for marriage counseling in this case because i i you're correctly saying that people need to do their own work they need to work on themselves that is absolutely true what people i think don't the layperson understand is that marriage counseling is, you know, people think you go to see a marriage counselor to work on your relationship and you go to an individual counselor or coach to work on you. And it's actually, you go to a marriage counselor to work on you in front of your spouse and your yeah. spouse works on your spouse in front of you. And that is working on the relationship, yeah. which is so powerful to be able to witness that work in, uh, uh, and, and benefit from it and for your spouse to do the same thing. Well, and I think when you have a great therapist like you, it's funny, Brian, because I had someone on this podcast, I can't remember who it was, who said that actually individual ther therapy from a marriage therapist is more powerful than working together. Oh, really? Yep. I, that's what I heard. And when <laughs> I talked to you, and when you think that you have two people who are willing to work together, I find it hard to believe because that's the first hurdle. If they're coming to you, they're both agreeing that they're going to work on this. You know, one of them's not sitting on the couch, not talking. Right. If they're coming to you. So I don't know if I really buy that. But that's what I had heard. Yeah, I, 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 of course, don't know the context of that of that comment to understand I can't you know, remember. What, what that means, but yeah. no, I think, I mean, I do individual counseling and, and certainly I really try hard to put myself in the shoes of the spouse who's not there and yeah. whose voice I don't have. And, and nobody is, a, is going to be a perfect reporter of the other perspective. So that that's a limitation that I think makes it harder to work on yourself if mm -hmm. you're if you're not um having both sides represented yeah. true you know on it you know fully yep yep so good so good okay well time's ticking away and it's yeah. you know about that time to go but i just kind of want to sum it up i 
took a few notes. So just to help the listeners, if they're feeling lonely, some of the things we talked about is sit down and write it down, bring light to how you're feeling. It could be abandoned. It could be isolated. And then um, we talked about reaching out, whether that be in the grocery store or texting a friend um, and maybe to take the, take the thought off of yourself. Even when you text, Think, gosh, I wonder yeah. who's kind of going through something hard right yeah. now or who's super yeah, busy. Good. Or yep, yep. So that's that's two things. And then um, and then once you're like kind of after you write those feelings down and are really feeling them and sitting with them, start to examine the thoughts behind them and whether you want to feel that way or how long do you want to feel that way, or is that true? And then that's going to help you start changing your mindset. Um, and then I think the last thing we kind of talked about was how sometimes it's hard when you want to connect was when you're lonely right next to someone and you want to connect, but um, maybe they're not willing to. So maybe to get some therapy, to get some tools, to keep it focused on what you're feeling, not what the other person's done to make you feel that way. I think that's kind of in a really quick wrap up. Do you have anything yeah, you want good. to add to that? Oh, that was a nice summary. You're, <laughs> Thank you're you. Good, you are a good note taker. <laughs> I never would have been able to do that. Well, I I do like school, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but uh -huh. um, Brian, thank you so much. I think this is going to be really helpful. And listeners, go to tell me the name of your podcast again. Bad Weather Podcast is the podcast. And you can... Uh, and we also started a, a website recently called Bad Weather Wellness, but that's brand new, awesome. but it's got some Yay. cool graphics. So, you know, go check out the cool graphics. All right. Very and cool. And my personal website, which of course is how you would get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to uh, do just one-off consultations um, or, or uh, fit compelling cases into my schedule. If you're ready to make some changes, you can find me at mnrelationshiprepair.com. Awesome. Find him there. He's amazing. You can work with him one-on-one. -on -one. Take care. Thanks for being here, Brian. Yeah, you bet. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.